This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I'm sitting here in Amman, Jordan, with one of Jordan's most budding writers. He's only 23, and already his second novel is appearing in print. His name is Hazim Baba. He's a Jordanian author who has just graduated from the University of California in San Diego. After developing a habit of writing at an early age, he's published a series of philosophical articles for authors Odyssey, and his first book, A Place for Peace, is his debut novel. It was inspired by his Jordanian identity. We'll be talking about that book, as well as his new one, right after this break. Would you like to be published through Stanford in an open access journal? Do you want your work to be indexed in Google Scholar? Submit to Intersect, the online Stanford Journal of Science, Technology, and Society. All students are welcome to submit articles on any topic at the intersection of history, culture, sociology, art, or business with science and technology. To browse current or past issues, visit intersect.stanford.edu. We're back with the Arbaldry Show, coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. And as I promised, I'm sitting here with the one and only Hazim Fabal, who will be talking to us as we sit in this beautiful garden, Hazim, about your novels. First of all, welcome to the Arabology Show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hazim, I think it might be interesting to tell people that we actually met by coincidence. <laughs> Do you remember? Of course. Would you tell uh, Yeah, we there? actually, I was uh, going on a trip with my brother. He was trying to take a few photographs of Assal, and we just met at one of the famous coffee shops there right by from mutual friends and little did i know when i met you that you were a yeah, writer yeah, yeah. and a novelist <laughs> and little did you know that i was looking for talented mm-hmm. writers musicians from jordan yeah. for that piece so this year 2019 we're finally sitting down and talking about both books with the hope of spotlighting a little bit your literary journey Mm -hmm. and your foray into writing so let me go right to this amazing novel a place for peace now for the average reader Mm -hmm. in the states what can you tell us about this book so since it was my first book i wanted to write something that was kind of out of the ordinary so i wanted to make kind of a splash by writing a book and i wanted to have an arabic culture without having an arabic city or like an actual arabic city which is why i made my own fictional city and the whole premise of the story is a little bit like controversial i'd say but that was the reason I wanted to do it anyway. Controversial in what way has it? The main issue, I guess, with the Middle East is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's been decades and we haven't seen any progress, so I thought, I don't think I could solve the problem on my own, but I was trying to provide at least hope or solutions or at least to mirror what's what's actually happening today through the character of Munir Mm -hmm. now who is Munir what kind of character is he his parents left him to go to another land which is in reality the way Palestinians left to move to Jordan Um, and he didn't want to he didn't want to leave his land so he stayed there worked like mundane jobs and the story starts when he meets the girl who lived in his family's home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is there a romantic element as well as a political one? Yeah, exactly. It's both. <laughs> now, certainly we don't want to give away too much mm-hmm. of the plot, but uh, why, what made you decide to call the city A-U-R-O, pronounced? Mm-hmm. Oro. Why? Um, I was researching about some of the 
prototypes of um, utopian cities and I found one city that was called Oroville, I think. It was built in India, if I remember correctly, and they tried to have this utopian city and it just didn't work out at all. Um, so I wanted to play on that. You're not saying which city it is, mm -hmm. but when I hear a place for peace. I always think of the city of peace, and I think of Zaharat al-Madain, and I think of Medina al-Salam. In Arabic, those are references to Jerusalem, mm -hmm. uh, as well as to a famous song by Lebanese singer Fayrouz. But I do like the fact that you're not making it so localized. Could this story or this novel apply to other places geographically in the world? I didn't want to just restrict the plot to one culture or two cultures. I wanted any group of people who have a, a long history of conflict with other people or with themselves to feel that they could relate to the story. So how would an American reader relate? I mean, in what way would you like them to relate and what could they get out of this, reading this book? Even though the story is written from Munir's perspective, who is an Arabic, technically Arabic character, I didn't want to make the story feel like it was just coming from an Arabic perspective. I want to, the reader to feel like they can relate to both sides. Do you think it applies a little bit to the struggles we're facing in America today in terms of the various ethnic identities that are somehow clashing Certainly. in a country that's supposed to be about tolerance and diversity. Yeah, because the two main characters are basically very different. Even though they live in the same land, they have very different religions, beliefs, cultural values, and that can be seen very clearly today in the States. We've talked about the character of Munir, mm -hmm. and that's the principal character. Who's the other character? Um, the girl is called Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. And what can you tell us about Daisy without giving away the plot? I can say that she doesn't react the way you'd expect her to in regards to meeting the person who used to live in her own who used to live in that house specifically. Mm -hmm. I love the way you answer these questions, like a true writer, where you give us a teaser, and, <laughs> and certainly we would love to read more. Let me tell the readers right away, Hazem, mm -hmm. that the book is available on, um, on Amazon.com, mm -hmm. and that it is available on Kindle, mm -hmm. but that people can actually still get you know, a printed copy if they want one anywhere in the world by going to Amazon and looking under Hazem Tabba's name, for the first novel, A Place for Peace. This is the novel that we're, we've been discussing now. And in a moment when we return, I would love for Hazem to read a paragraph from his own work for the Arabology show. And uh, we'll go from there to his second novel, which promises to be quite a masterpiece. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is dedicated to curing spinal cord injuries by funding innovative research. It also works to improve the quality of life for the approximately 1 in 50 of us, that's 6 million people in the U.S., who are presently living with paralysis. If you'd like to help, you can become an advocate of legislation or other actions that will benefit people who have been affected by spinal cord injuries. You can also organize fundraisers or donate directly to the Reeve Foundation. 
For more information, visit crpf.org. We're back right here on the Arabology Show with the one and only Hazem Taba, who is kindly going to read an excerpt from his book, which is titled A Place for Peace. Uh, this excerpt, Hazem, you picked for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, <laughs> I think this paragraph specifically just sums up the whole issue. Okay. By itself. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna. I mean, it's, it's a rare treat to have the writer read his own words right here on the Arabology show. Okay. So just to set the scene, this is Munir, the main character, coming back from work, sitting at a coffee shop, and watching two elder men play backgammon, which is a very um, traditional Arabic uh, board game. So it starts off like this. Um, a couple of aged men with white beards were killing their time with a round of backgammon. Munir was watching and soon came closer to closely observe their choices. The white checkers were attempting to lock the black checkers in their place by standing directly on top of them, and the black checkers tried the same. A pejorative look was drawn in his face when he realized it. Both checkers are claiming power by the roll of a dice, neither of which has any control over. A white checker will lock a black one for a while, and the black checker will also lock a white one for some time. Eventually, both will be free to roam across the board. When the black checkers won, Munir pointed out his observations to the winner. Not only did he earn the bragging rights for the day, but they had made a pact that the winner gets to keep the board until the next day. The winner had worn a bright skull cap around his head and adjusted it as he began to pack the board. But tomorrow I will be the victor, and I will get to bring it back home, responded the loser. Only when we both agree that the board belongs to both of us will we arrive at a conclusion. Until then, our friendly competition will ensue. So just from hearing you read this paragraph, Hazem, I can tell that there's a lot more going on than what seems to be described. When you wrote A Place for Peace, did you expect it to turn into a novel? How did your journey begin? Um, With this novel particularly, I knew I wanted to write about this issue specifically. So I had this in mind before creating the city or the characters. I actually outlined a few plot lines, but eventually I reached a decision to include some sort of romance to hopefully give the readers some hope. I knew right away that I wanted to have some sort of bittersweet ending. It does give you both joy and sadness yeah. and that's because what good that's how it actually is exactly also that's what the book good book does um uh, hazim taba uh, before we go to your next novel i wanted to ask a question that i think a lot of people will have when they see your background you studied math and computer science uh, and philosophy at the university of san diego and you've written this amazing novel and here you are on your second one but what is the connection between math, computers, and literature? <laughs> I might be the only one in the university saying these three or, subjects. My, or the universe. <laughs> um, but I've actually had an interest in writing literature and even philosophy way back before I went to San Diego. My whole writing journey started in middle school when we were supposed to write, like, Uh, journals for the English class and I knew I had something kind of special when um, my teacher used to read my entries to like the older grades yeah wow even the older grades yeah 
three or two, two or three years old. So, I mean, did uh, why didn't you think of going into writing or English or uh, literature or mm. something? I mean, you went into math, and I'm wondering if there was any kind of empowering relationship between math and writing. When I was applying, I always thought I might actually do something with literature, but math and computer science were also my other passions. So. And now looking back, I guess it does give me some way of thinking about things differently. Right. So it doesn't directly relate to writing, but it helps right. in and some ways. It makes you a multifaceted kind yeah. of writer. Um, are you, do you picture yourself sort of going towards the math or staying on your literary path in the future? That's, that's a struggle, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, trying to, to find the balance between the two. That remains to be seen. Yeah. So when I return uh, with my, the final part of my interview, with Hazem Tabba. We're going to talk about his new novel that just came out. It's called Four Steps Behind. Mm -hmm. And with his kind permission, we'll have him read an excerpt from the new book as well, since we've got him right here uh, sitting with us in Amman, Jordan. We'll be right back after this. The Alliance for a Healthier Generation works to address one of the nation's leading public health threats, childhood obesity. Founded in 2005 by the American Heart Association, and William J. Clinton Foundation, the Alliance works to positively affect the places that can make a difference to a child's health. Homes, schools, doctor's offices, and communities. You can find out how to help by visiting healthiergeneration.org or calling 646-775-9160. And we're back with uh, Hazim Tabba right here in Amman, Jordan, via the Arabology show, coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. We just finished discussing his amazing uh, oeuvre, his first work, his first published novel, called A Place for Peace. And we're going to turn our attention now, Hazem, to the new book. First of all, let me say Mabruk. And let me remind our listeners, if they don't know, that you are 23 years old. 22. 22 years yeah. old, not even even 23 <laughs> and by 22 you've published two novels mm -hmm. and you are well on your way to working on the next project which we'll conclude with mm -hmm. but let's talk about four steps behind I mean is it a departure from the kind of thematic uh, views or thematic uh, ideas we see in a place for peace yes definitely I think while the first one was more political this one is definitely more social it's actually very loosely based on my grandma's life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Through the character of Lucy? Yeah, ex exactly. Because my grandfather calls my grandma Lucy. Her, oh, wow. her real name is Eva, but he calls her Lucy. So this was like an homage to her. To her, to your yeah. grandmother. And she's actually German and moved to Amman. So this is sort of set in a different era? Uh, we're talking about the 70s. Yeah, she actually moved before that, but I wanted to push it a yeah. little. But what a beautiful tribute to your grandma. And I'm sure she must have been a very impressive woman. Is she still with us? Yes. Hazem? Yes, so we should probably say a big hello <laughs> and tahiyya uh, to Hazem's uh, grandma. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the fact is she told you her stories and that inspired you to begin writing this fictional account of her life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the, her stories ever since I was a kid and they're always so compelling because she had to leave war-torn Germany 
she moved from east to west Germany and then to Syria and then to Amman. So I basically took the premise, that premise, and made it into a fictional story. So your grandma is German. Mm-hmm. German, German. Yep. And then she married um, Syrian. a Syrian man mm-hmm. in Amman. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Yep. So you, young man, come from such a diverse background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be amiss if I didn't ask you about, you know, how do you identify? It's always been a little difficult because um, walking in Amman, I don't really look like an average Amman citizen. So um, I guess when I moved to San Diego, it felt like I fit in more physically, but I always hold on to my Arabic heritage. Yeah. yeah. So over there, you look like most, like, I don't know, I don't want to stereotype, <laughs> but you know, maybe surfers. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone says. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, but then you don't feel that affinity in terms of, you know, having a connection with Jordan. And here you feel such a connection with the people and the culture. Of course, you were born and raised yeah, of here. Course. And yet, uh, because of certain uh, stereotypical appearances, uh, you're also made to kind of... Uh, reintroduce yourself as, mm. as an Arab writer and a proud Jordanian yeah, writer. Yeah, exactly. I love this fluidity in your identity, Hazim. Um, let's talk a little bit about Lucy's journey mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily your grandma's journey. Yeah, yeah, let's focus on the, on the character herself. There is sometimes an Orientalist element to this kind of recounting. Uh, how conscious were you of the fact that you know such novels have been written by Western writers always, exoticizing the Arab woman and her journey, and sort of recounting it from their perspective? Mm-hmm. We finally have a young man here who has decided to focus on the plight of women, of migrants, through the story of Lucy. Were you conscious of the fact that you're, in a way, resurrecting a theme that never was? Mm-hmm. I always wanted to write something about my grandma, but I was um, sitting with my family last summer um, before I even started this novel, and I was hearing some people talk about um, female ministers and not having female ministers or um, in the, uh, any members of the parliament. Here in Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do have, but it's, it's a very small percentage. Right. So I wanted to, to push that idea into the the field. Also, I wanted to, for a non-Arabic reader, I wanted them to feel that there's beauty in our own world as well. It, it doesn't have to be extraordinary to be beautiful. There's a lot of beauty in the ordinary as well. And so when Lucy makes her transition into Amman, one of the characters that pops up is this loving elderly woman whose name is Buthaina. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a local woman sort of helping a woman who, or, or, or running into a woman who has come from the West. Mm-hmm. Who is Buthaina to you and who does she represent? She's modeled after a family member as well um, who actually helped your integrate my grandma into <laughs> wow yeah wow um so i wanted to have a very endearing character that everyone can relate to and just show the world from our perspective instead of just following lucy and her german background right and so is Buthena the kind of character we might see in Amman? Definitely. In certain places, in certain families? Mm. I know that you and I understand what that means, but to our American readers, 
what kind of character is Buthaina? Who is that woman and her role within the family or within society? She's like the person that everyone holds on to or everyone leans on to. She's always there. She can defend you. She can push you forward. And basically just is always there to help. Yeah. Has uh, them four steps behind. Can you tell our readers um, or our listeners a little bit more about where they can find it? So right now it's on Amazon, both paperback and Kindle version. Um, so basically available anywhere in the world. Following a place for peace, I most likely gonna um, enter it into a reader's bookstore, which is in Amman, next to Cosmo. So for those people who are listening or in Amman or visiting Amman, and that would be the place to go. Hazem, may I end this delightful interview by asking you to choose a brand new paragraph from the brand new book to read for us since we have you here and hopefully get people to understand what the new novel is all about. Of course. Um, so this one is where Lucy and her friend are visiting Wadi Rom. And during the night, Lucy struggles with trying to fit in into the new society so she wanders away into the desert and encounters a scorpion so the excerpt starts as soon as she runs away from the scorpion all right so it goes like this the scorpion was too far away now but her legs did not stop images of paris and the italian countryside washed over her mind adriana's smile roderick's face the musician and the philosopher and the man on the train It seemed to her that the journey was more wholesome than the feeling of achieving her goal, but still she ran. Voices soon echoed in her ears, her mother and Buthaina urging her on, her father's laugh and her brother's sweet voice. The first stream of light broke through in between the hills, slowly giving them shape. The sand regained its color and its smell seemed stronger under the sunlight than in darkness. She could see the camp in the distance, but she was already growing familiar with the desert's illusions. It won't be too far away, she thought. The beads of sweat on her cheekbone dried up, and dawn thrust a sense of calmness upon her. The scorpion, the long night, and Fawaz's words were all behind her, lost in the past. She sauntered her way back. Her goal was not solely based on becoming a carpenter. She, she understood that now. There were others before her, and others that would come after her as well. It was time for her to shoulder the duty. This paragraph you just read, Hazem, has a lot of, you know, Arab names, uh, locations. You know, certainly a person would have to read the uh, novel to mm-hmm. understand who is Fawaz, where is Wadi Ram. For those people who don't know, we should tell them it's a gorgeous region mm-hmm. in, in, in Jordan. So yeah. Why did you choose this paragraph? First of all, it chose the one of the most beautiful areas in Jordan, which is Wadi Ram. And it also revolves around the whole premise of the story, which is Lucy trying to to be considered a carpenter, a respected carpenter, even though she's female. Right. So that shouldn't be and an in, issue. And, yeah. in, and Jordan, in Jordan. And yeah. in Jordan. Mashallah. So that even in the novel, it creates a rift between her and her father. It causes rift in Ger- in Germany, so it's going to cause a rift in Amman as well. Amman yeah. as well. Wow. Is your grandma proud of you? <laughs> Has she read the book? Um, I don't think she she's read it because I didn't. I just came back a week ago, so oh, she wow. didn't get a chance to see the book. <laughs> but I actually like the first page says to my grandma. Wow. Yeah. 
And I'm going to end by asking Hazim to speak in his native tongue. Hazim Tabba, shukran al mukhabar al-halwa. ولو تحكي لنا هيك شيء رسالة صوتية نوصلها لمستمعينا ومشاهدينا في أمريكا خاصة من أصل عربي اللي بتشوقوا ومفتخرين فيك إنك عمالك تكتب هالنوعية الجيدة من الكتب أكيد أنا بالنسبة إلي هلا هي الفترة الممتازة للشعب العربي كله ينتعش لأنه في مجال كتير نورجي إيش بنقدر نعمل مش بس نقعد على جنب ونستنى وهيك بكتف مش كتاب كتابين وقديش عمرك حازم 22 والمستقبل امامك اتمنى لك دوام النجاح والتقدم يا ابني وشكرا على المقابله وعلى وقتك اليوم رامزي سالتي coming to you from KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM the Herbology show from Amman Jordan